All right, welcome back to another episode of Three Dudes, One Hoop. I'm Mike. I'm here with my boy, Easy. Yo. What's up? What's up? (laughs) And we're going to talk about NBA free agency 2021. It's Tuesday, 7.40 p.m. at the time of this recording, so it's been about 24 hours. Uh, Very busy first day. Uh, We kind of hate to to start with the Heat, but we have to start with the Heat. They made the big moves. We're also going to talk about Lakers, uh, Chicago, a few other teams that we liked. Um, But first, let's start with the Heat. So just to quickly summarize what their moves were in the past 24 hours. Uh, we had Lowry uh, sign and trade for three years, $90 million, no option. Uh, Goran Dragic, Precious Achua go to the Toronto Raptors along with, uh, I believe, a second-round pick, a uh, future second-round pick. We re-signed Duncan for five years, 90 mil. Uh, we give Jimmy the max at four years, 184. Uh, Deadman gets re-signed for a minimum. Markeith Morris uh, just got announced about an hour ago. Yeah. Um, so we're, his salary is to be determined. I imagine it's a minimum, but we'll see. Uh, and P.J. Tucker looks like he got the mid-level uh, for $7.5 million this year, and the second year looks like it's going to be a player option. Or a team option, rather. Oh, no, no, no. That's a player option. That's oh, a player option? That's a player okay, option. Okay, so the second year player option. Uh, so those were the big moves for the Heat. They lose none. Uh, we'll talk about that a little later. Uh, like I said, they lose Goran, lose Achua. So let's. I'll throw it to you first, Benny. How do you feel about their offseason acquisitions uh, 24 hours into NBA free agency? I like their moves a lot. Um, we were talking off pod before how their biggest needs from this past season, which they needed to address last summer, and they didn't, was interior defense. Three-point shooting we didn't think was a concern last year, but this year it was a concern, which we didn't have especially shooting from kind of like those Kelly Olynyk corner threes before he went to Houston and started making everything. Right. Um, and we also needed badly perimeter defending, which could still be a concern because Kyle Lowry is old, but he does definitely upgrade that a lot, especially point of attack. So top of the key defending, we needed that badly. He, well, I'll just start with Lowry. Lowry's a much, I don't want to say much better. Like it's not a go on slander or anything, but he is definitely an upgrade on, that health-wise, it definitely helps to have somebody who's no, he's, a little he's, more He's a better clad. defender. And he's way better defender. Yeah, way better, better defender. Player overall, yeah. Yeah. Better player. Um, and he could do more things than Goran. Like, his numbers, his aver- his averages are similar to Goran, but their play styles are different. Kyle Lowry is better pulling up, so I, th- I think he's a better shot creator for himself than Goran was. Goran looked washed this season because he couldn't get to the basket as well as he could in other seasons for Miami Heat. And Kyle Lowry doesn't need to get to the basket to make an impact because he's a very good mid-range shooter and three-point shooter, pulling up, off dribble, whatever it is. Um, The next one they got was P.J. Tucker. So they addressed interior defending, which aside from Bam, they had nobody. They they tried Mo Harkless for like three minutes. They, who's the other one that they had? I already blanked on him. Ariza. Ariza. Who who we brought him to, we brought him to do the P.J. Tucker role. So basically corner threes and try to defend whoever the other team's four is, and it didn't work because he wasn't as big as Jay Crowder. At least it didn't work in the playoffs. It didn't work in the regular season either. Yeah, but it really, wasn't really as bad as it was in the playoffs. Like, it no, was no, it wasn't good, as bad. It wasn't as bad. And then it got really he got yeah, it got really bad. by the Bucks. It got really yeah. bad, yeah. You know, it just switch whoever, whether it's Giannis or Middleton, onto Ariza, and even even Drew Holiday was, was getting him to the basket. So they addressed those two needs, which was huge. And a lot more intensity. The Heat are going to play slow this year, for sure. They got older. But their intensity is going to be a lot better. Their defensive IQ is going to be better. They're going to be a more well-rounded basketball team, I think, with the moves that they made. They got Markeith Morris, who's a, who's a better scorer than P.J. Tucker. 
and but he's also a pretty solid defender. So it's kind of like for that position, they kind of got they kind of got two sides of it, right? They got a scorer with Marky Morris, depending on how the game's flowing, or on a closing lineup to close it out defensively. They have PJ Tucker as well. But I think they're both going to play a lot. They're going to contribute a lot. Obviously, Kyle Lowry is going to contribute and play a lot. They kept Duncan, which we weren't sure was going to be a thing. Yeah, that was a bit of a surprise to me. I thought for sure he was going to be signed and traded. And it's a fair contract. Like we don't know exactly how it's um, how the money's being if like it's a laid front out. Or a back end. Exactly, yeah. exactly. But if yeah, we just if take the average of eighteen average, mil, like right. it's fair. I think value for for what he is, right? Agreed. Like yeah. absolutely elite three point shooter. So I, I'm imagining a lineup of like Lowry. Duncan, Jimmy, PJ Tucker, and Bam. I think that's a very well-rounded starting five. How about you, Z? How do you feel about the And off the bench, season? sorry, yeah, off the bench, it, yeah. Tyler Hero, which is where I think yeah. he's going to be a lot better, and he will be able to probably... I don't want to say grow at his own pace because the Heat are in a win-now mode, so he Tyler Hero really does need to come back to the form he was in, especially in the bubble. But he will have, I think more opportunity to kind of grow as he goes right yeah and, and real quickly uh, the heat bench is probably going to be rounded out by gabe vincent and max struss i would imagine so yeah struss hero to fill out the roster be vincent Struss, hero vincent marquise morris yeah morris Deadman, or tucker you know yeah. whoever with deadman deadman right. deadman was a good um they did well retaining him yeah I think so too. But uh, let's go to Uzi. How do you feel about the Heat offseason in general, and and you know all the all the points that Benny just made? Yeah. So just to start off, I never had an issue with the Heat trying to make a run to win. The number one issue I had with the Heat was they weren't deciding whether or not they were going for the future or if they were going for a ring last year. Based on the moves that they made in the offseason last year, there was no urgency whatsoever to improve that team, like at all. If anything, they were doing a disservice to Jimmy by not building around him after that finals. I think we can agree on for that. Sure, for they, sure. Yeah. If you're going to go for finals with the team that you have now, you trade the young assets. You find a way to get another superstar. Who knows what could have been available to you last year, but since you weren't even interested in making those deals. And people we, will say, oh, hindsight, this and that. But we, we were saying this even like before this podcast even existed right. last summer. Mm-hmm. We were saying that, you know, that he can't just get so confident and rely on these kids to, you know, play as well as they did last year. Right, especially maximizing Hero's value. Right, Right. and that's, for me, the biggest thing. Hero's value was never going to be higher than that in the championship window that they have right now. Right. Like, I cannot see Hero in the next two years being a guy that is going to have a big enough value compared to what he was in his rookie season. Because teams aren't going to see the value in a guy that's not in his rookie contract anymore. Hero had three years of contract if we traded him after the first season. Now he's left with two, and... More than likely one year left after this season because I don't think they'll trade him this season. They'll they'll see if it works the first year. Um, Now, as for this free agency, Lowry, 100% an upgrade. No complaints on that deal at all. Um, Drogic's aging. You know, it is what it is. He was a long-tenured Heat player. Great player. But eventually, you know, you got to make the push. And Lowry's a little more reliable, right? So, And I think what Lowry does more, like at least better than Goran, is set up his bigs a lot better. Uh, Ibaka definitely looked a lot better on the Raptors um, than he did in previous seasons. Um, and yeah, I just think that Lowry is a better facilitator for the for the bigs than Goron. Goron Which is was, saying something because... He's going to help unlock Bam, I think, a little bit more. Right, but the Goron, the Goron-Bam connection was good. And I agree with you. I think Lowry right. can do even more. So I, that, that helps a lot. Right. Yeah. And I think what's going to be the main decider for Lowry as a facilitator's value is going to be if Bam or the Heat let 
one or the other take the shots, right? Like they need Bam to shoot from the outside. They need him to shoot from the mid range. Like you can't just have Bam crashing like the paint for a mm-hmm. point. Like he needs to shoot from the mid range. That's At how least. you're gonna open up the paint for cutters to go in. That's how Duncan gets into the paint a little bit to sneak those layups in one once or twice a game. You can't have Bam set the screen and then not be a threat from the mid range. Not only that, you're also taking away the big from the paint to get the rebounds. And then that helps you get the rebounds with your small lineups because the Heat have no bigs. They really don't. They're not going to play Bam and Deadman at the same time. Like I was talking with Mike off pod before you got here that we're probably going to see lineups where P.J. Tucker is actually playing center, like is at the five. Defensively, it might happen. just, 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 Just from a standpoint of like... Just from a standpoint of if they need to play small, but like also if Bam just needs a rest and Demon can't right. can contribute or Demon's yeah. not playing well. In that case, they'll definitely go small to PJ at the five. Like that's not a question. I thought you were talking about like PJ and Bam at the same time. No, no, no. Okay, no. Nah. Then yeah, PJ could definitely see some time at the five, in my opinion. I think that's what's going to work for the Heat if they want to push tempo at least for a little bit. Um, Duncan, five-year, $90 million. I, You know, they need shooting, so I understand it. How do you feel about about the average of, if it is eighteen mil a year? If it's eighteen, how do you feel year, about that? Like in terms of the market for a shooter in the modern NBA? I mean, it's the market, but that doesn't mean you should do it, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if if I were them, I wouldn't have done five years. And we're gonna get into the long term picture of the Heat eventually because that's one of the issues I have with the yeah, moves. Yeah, I feel like when you get to Jimmy, you can right. Talk about yeah, I'll that. talk a little more about that with Jimmy yeah. because that's a little bit more of an issue. But for Duncan, I think they could have done some contract that's really front end you know like a three-year but offer him like 20 mil 22 mil you know instead for the first two years lower it to 18 maybe with like a player option so if he thinks he's still more valuable than 18 mil in two years he leaves but that's still in your two-year window of a championship right five years you're locking him up you gotta pray that he still maintains his value as a three-point shooter in five years because if he doesn't maintain it halfway through his contract trading him is going to be a mission because I mean, I'm not too worried about his value because the only value he brings right now is a three-point shooter coming off screens and catch and shoot. So if he lowers his value, it's because the three-point shot's not there anymore, which yeah. I doubt that's going to go away. And Duncan's 27, I want 26. 27. He's not young. He's not young. He's in his, it will be, will be like his prime years, like 27. We have him locked up for He's his prime. He's entering them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yes. But um, what, he, what he does, too, besides his shooting that I think is just as valuable, though, that which is why I think he would have been so coveted by other teams is his off-ball movement and how that guy never gets tired. Never gets tired. He runs around the court constantly, comes off screen, and when he shoots, he's a dead-eye shooter. Right. And he, he'll take 10 threes a game, and he'll make four, which is still very good. This is what he shot last year. Right. My only thing about paying guys, like, again, like, it's the value for shooters now because we value shooting so yeah, much. Yeah, yeah. But he is such a defensive liability. Yeah, that's that's the biggest thing. That That's another plus for getting Lowry, I think, though. Right. And I think the issue with having Duncan is that he can play the first three quarters, but if you have him in the fourth playing defense with five minutes left, you're not winning that game. Right. Because not only can he not play defense, but you're already going to your stars at the end of the game, and Duncan might get one or two shots at most. So I don't know how I, like, again, like, so Maybe. it's like now he has Lowry, but then also if he gets beat off the dribble, he could have P.J. Tucker and Bam helping him instead of Ariza and Bam or Markeith Morris. Again, you know, like we got to see how it is. I'm not I mad think that, I think they'll be able to hide him. He'll be a liability. I totally agree. I think they'll be able to hide it a little bit better. I, 
I don't think they're going to hide Duncan. It's hard <laughs> to hide Duncan. And if you're going to have a lineup with Tyler Hero and Duncan at the same time on the court because you want to maximize your offensive productivity. That's going to be tough. That's, that's going to be, be impossible on defense because I have seen Tyler and Duncan get cooked. And there's going to be lineups like that. There's going to be lineups There has like to that. be lineups like yeah. that. You can't have Tyler Hero on the bench for, you know. Or Kyle Lowry playing the whole game. Right. right. Like, it's impossible. You need, you're going to have to have two shooters in the game at some point yeah if you're not scoring like, yeah, yeah which is why losing none in this circumstance hurts because you really don't have a true point guard off the bench i mean you have gabe vincent but right that's not, that's not going to really so, net you quality minutes yeah, yeah so for sure it's not again there, there's still some holes on this team and then going to jimmy that's i think yeah but before i get to jimmy real yeah. quick so just to set it up jimmy's 32 I think, I think so. he's 32, 32 going on 33. Four year, 184. There's obviously no, I imagine there's like no, no team option. It's just uh, a straight up. It's just straight up. Yeah. So he's going to be 36 at the end of that deal. You and I disagree, I guess, on the long term uh, effects that his deal has for the Heat's chances to compete. So I'll, I'll let you go first. What do you, how do you feel about this contract affecting? the Heat's long-term viability as a franchise to contend. Right. So, again, if we're talking first two years, you had to do it. I mean, I get it. He's your, he's apparently your number one option. Questionable to me, but uh, he's your, he's your Go, number going one Going into the next season, he is. Obviously, Bam right. could, I think questionable Bam to could all change of us. things. I, Bam, you know, Bam still has room to improve. I just don't think we'll see. if Bam is your best player offensively, I don't see his development taking a spike big enough to be considered a number one option. You sure. know what I'm That's saying? That's totally fair, yeah. Like, so, like, in the first two years, Jimmy's your number one option. And, like, we saw the finals against the Lakers. That I don't know if that happens ever again. If he plays yeah. that well to that level for that long a period of time, I don't know if it's possible. Um, but let's say it is for the first two years. I don't know if this roster is good enough to win. At least they're trying. At least they're committing to something somewhat. So I'm not mad about it. What I am a little bit, you know, intrigued to see, I guess, is those last two years, if the Heat aren't contending at all, let's say they, you know, at best they make conference finals, right? Like, let's, again, if they make finals, awesome, sick. Like, it worked. You did it. If they if it doesn't work out, they don't win the rings. You're saying within the next the first three years of his contract, right? The like the first two, two three years. Or the first two, okay. Right, and I'm specifically talking about the first two years because yeah. I don't think there's a window longer than two years with this roster. Okay, it's too old. Yeah. there's like, there's just no way. Um, so let's say the first two years it doesn't go well, and then you're starting to realize, you know what, we gotta build around Tyler. We have to pay him. We gotta pay eventually Bam's other extension because he got signed now. But after two years, it's gonna be two years left. You already have to start thinking about that. Lowry's going to be old. He's going to have no option. So that last year, you're still paying him 30 mil. You're going to be paying Jimmy, what is it, like 48 mil at least? Yeah, it's going to be upper 40s. Right, it's got to be upper 40s. So you're paying... I think there's a year of paying him 50. Probably. Yeah. Probably the last year, if anything. Yeah. So let's say hypothetically, you're paying after two years of not winning a ring, Lowry and Jimmy, probably around 80 million for two guys. That's... With aging assets, by the way, that's my main issue is that if you told me it was like Tyler Hero, for example, that like maybe he gets better and he's still young, then you can flip him. Even if you said Bam, like you want to trade Bam, Bam's going to be a very good asset to trade because he's still young. He's one of the top arguably seven bigs. And I'm saying arguably because people wouldn't even put him top seven, but I think he's top seven. Um, but yeah, so I think my main issue with the contract is that I know you have to do it if you're trying to win now. But if Jimmy really cared about 
like get putting himself with the best roster around him. I don't know if having a long-term contract like that helps the Heat build anything around him. If if in that two-year window, they have to adjust, or even in the next four years, they have to adjust. Jimmy's kind of handicapping the Heat's potential in this sense. And I get, like, go get your bag. Like, go get your money. Like, you know, if you can get it, you get it. But if Jimmy's priority is winning, I don't see how a four-year no option for the team or player helps anyone in this situation. I, I, I just don't it doesn't provide the flexibility that a star player would probably want his team to have. And that's my main issue. What do you think, Mike? Cause you said that you disagree. Yeah. So just, I agree with everything you said in terms of about, uh, Jimmy's evaluate your evaluation of Jimmy Butler as a talent and a first, t- the, your first option on a championship winning team. We probably did see his peak last season, but I think he's still a guy that can, um, you know, 1A, 1B, around there, B, especially in the playoffs, lead you to at least the conference finals if he's playing at his peak ability with a decent roster around him. Um, a healthy roster around him, too. But I disagree, and I place a very high like importance on, on ter- in terms of the Heat needing to do this and what that means for their flexibility down the road. So the Heat don't have a first-round pick until 2024. Uh so there, there's really not any way that they can improve drastically in my mind over the next like two years, because I don't think any big free agent wants to come here. I think we, if they did want to come here, they'd, they'd want Jimmy and Bam to be on the roster. So basically, I think this is the only move that the Heat could make, and this is what separates the Heat from a lot of other franchises that you know they would be too afraid to commit this type of money to all these different players that we just listed. But the Heat will do it because they want to contend. They don't want to be... And they understand the mistakes that they made last summer. Yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, the Heat don't want to be in the bottom dredges of the league uh, without any valuable draft picks or assets that they can even trade because I don't think we can even trade that far ahead uh, those those future picks. You could trade up to 2025. So... Yeah. Well, okay. But... I mean, I'm not saying that, like, you have assets because of that, but that's the... I'm just letting you know. Right. So, you know, in two, two years from now, I agree, Jimmy's aging, Lowry's aging... But the other contracts that we have on the team are, are very tradable. And, you know, P.J. Tucker's expiring. You know, we can always retool and reload that way. Hero, I think, has a good chance to rebuild his value this year as a six-man. Uh, we're going to put a lot less pressure on him. So he's an asset for the future that can grow in value. Duncan, I think, is going to look cheap in comparison to what shooters go for two, three years from now. Because the salary cap is going to keep growing. And if he's making 18 a mil a year, I think in a few years we'll be like, yeah, it's a lot of money. But compared to market value, he's probably going to be underpaid if he's still performing at his level. Which, you know, if he's going to be at his prime, there's there's no Shit, reason for him. He, he, should, <laughs> he, could even be, he could even be a better player, more well-rounded. So I, I Shooters, think, guys that like specialize in shooting age pretty well. They age really well, and, I think, and he's also going to be in his prime over the course of this contract. Uh, so I, I think he has a good chance to up his value. Basically, we have very tradable contracts um even lowry i know he's going to be like 39 by the end of it but i think if you want to trade him in like a chris paul type of way if he's still very good to a team that you know is a piece away i think he can contribute still um you know again you're atta- you're probably attaching an asset to that maybe a, a pick but in a couple years i think we'd be able to do that and retool you know the nba trades work where you have to match salary right so it's important to have a range of salaries on your roster that heat year in and year out do do that just that they have a 
a range of raw of, of salary that's tradable uh covers different positions and covers different skill sets so I, I i think in that sense there is flexibility you know we turned us on white side into jimmy butler so i think we have a much richer pool of you know quote unquote assets to to go around if something like that presents itself again you know Obviously, we all dream of Damian Lillard or Bradley Beal. Not that that's going to happen. But if there's a disgruntled superstar that wants to make their way here, we have the contracts to make that happen. And I think that's really underrated. Um, and like I said, in a couple years, uh, if we needed to make a move, we'd have better assets to trade because we'd have more future draft picks to trade. And you just don't know exactly how the next... I understand what Easy's saying and yeah. I actually agree. Mm-hmm. Like the concern with the contract. But like if we're talking like three two years down the line like i feel like there's a lot that can happen like this roster is not going to look the same because this is an old roster so it's going to be different players pretty much every season Mm. if we get to the point where jimmy butler's contract is a hindrance to our team because let's say we failed Mm -hmm. we didn't even reach the final four of the conference finals and we have to try to retool the squad i don't know i just i just feel like because remember when we were when the heat were capped out with Dion, james johnson all those uh tyler johnson all those guys and like you said, like we turned Hassan Whiteside, who was part of that those that yeah. core that I was mentioning. Compared to that to team, Butler. this roster is is richer in assets. Exactly, yeah. they flipped Dion and or, or Winslow, Dion and James Johnson, or something like that yeah. for Iguodala and Crowder, who were huge, yeah, were huge assets to make the finals. So I don't, I don't know. I think it's just it's it's one of those things where like, and he know what they're doing. They have arguably one of the best, or at least most well talked, most talked about. Capologist, as they like to say, guys in the NBA, Andy Ellsberg. Yeah, Andy Ellsberg is is working there to work numbers. Like that's his thing. Yeah, so he I like it's, it's one of those things where like you know we'll, we'll mostly worry about it when we get there type thing. But like yeah. I feel like they would more or less know what to do in the situation. Like what he's trying to say. Right, and again, this is like which is worst case scenario, by the way. Which obviously, yeah, hopefully right. that doesn't happen. But right, and but, this is worst case scenario. Er, sorry, this is um. This is the only move that the Heat could have made, right? If they wanted to contend over the next two years minimum, I think so too. Yeah, considering, considering the value, yeah. the value well, of the players, and not even just that that they decided after a year exactly. of not making the finals. They're like, hey, you know what? Maybe we have a decent roster. Exactly. Us. Maybe we should yeah. try. They're going for it. They're going for it. But like, exactly. That, what what frustrates me the most yeah. about the Heat are a couple of things. One, you're committing now a year later into Jimmy's prime. Yeah, you. Yeah. They wasted last year for you Jimmy. You wasted no last doubt. year completely. There's no yeah, doubt. Agreed. No doubt about it. Yeah. Another the second thing that bothers me is that I understand that flipping contracts is the Heat's go-to move because that's the only thing they yeah. know how to do. Yeah. They're not doing well. We don't draft and we don't. Right. You don't know how to draft. Outside of 2010, we don't get we don't free know how, And like yeah. the main thing that the Heat don't do is give good contracts. Uh huh. They're horrendous at giving contracts. We can all agree on this. I don't want to go down the list, but I can. But I won't. So what I'm worried about in the future is that. For example, Whiteside. That's flippable because there's one year left of Whiteside and you were getting nothing back. If you're trading your number one and two option for a championship, that's not to retool. You get what I'm saying? That like, for example, like if in two years this experiment doesn't work, you can't start contending again right after trading those two guys. Right. Like you're not going to start contending again by trading Jimmy or Lowry. What you're getting back is not going to be a super. Well, I I don't think Jimmy is movable at all, really. Right. But I think Lowry could be, and Duncan definitely is. So right. I, that's why I say in two years, you know, I don't expect all of these guys to be on the team. You know. Right, and that, but that's also my concern too. So you'd be giving up Lowry, which would make sense in two years if he's not doing well. 
And then Duncan, or if, just, if there's just a better option. Right, but like that's my concern. What better option are you going to get for the value of a Lowry and a Duncan? It would have to be somebody that's under contract for more than three years and making a crazy amount of money. Again, disgruntled superstar. Right, you know? but I don't know if a team... Yeah, a sign and trade or yeah, something Yeah, but then like that. that team would be looking for assets, right? So, you know, and at that point, we'd have to staple off any future first that we can trade. Right. That we Which own. we don't even yeah. know if we're going to have them. That's where, so yeah. that's what I'm saying right. like about picks and stuff. We don't... Like so, we don't know what the situation is going to look like. But that's my issue because the Heat have a tendency to trade all their future assets. Well, we do. Like I said, our next first round pick that we own is 2024. Right. And that concerns yeah. me because how are you going to make these package deals around aging superstars if you don't even have the picks and the swaps to do Again, it? in two years, we would. But not that many. Not as many no, as we'd... you can get for a disgruntled superstar somewhere else. Yeah, but in the NBA, like if, if they want to go to a destination, usually teams will try to figure it out and make it happen. Three way right. t- three way deals. Again, it's it's a lot to ask for. That's I'm not I'm saying, saying yeah. it's it's guaranteed. I just think if any franchise could do it, I think the Heat can do it. Right. Yeah. I but re- really quickly, uh, just to cap off the discussion, how do we feel about the Heat's place in the Eastern Conference uh, pecking order? Top three for me. Top Third three. Or fourth. Yeah. 34. So yeah, behind Milwaukee and Brooklyn. Behind Milwaukee, behind Brooklyn. Uh, I, think I think they're better than I think they're better than Philly. Yeah, I had a Philadelphia. I, I think, better than think Philly. a lot of people are better than Philly. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. With that. Atlanta's probably better than Philly. They kind of proved that when they knocked yeah, them out. Yeah. <laughs> you have us ahead of Atlanta. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, like, Atlanta, top in our, yeah. in our division at least. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And Atlanta, Atlanta at number four, or number five. Probably I don't think I, I think I, it's a. It's It'll be close to Philly, as, right? It's the same thing yeah. that I said about the Heat. They overachieved yeah. that year, no matter okay. how you look at it. Like they were, they you going in, yeah. Heat fans were like, "We can win this," but like, the perception of the team wasn't like, uh, like they were doing what they were expected to do. Like every player went above what they usually do. Yeah, I'm curious to it's see. It's just there were a lot of unknowns in that team. Not to keep yeah. going into right. them, but like no, none wasn't known. Duncan, yeah. nobody right. thought was an NBA player. And, but that's the Hero. thing. They stepped up another yeah. level in the playoffs, which fair. is what people weren't mm-hmm. expecting. That's I don't think the Hawks are going to do that again next that's year. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. It, like we said, it's a young roster. We don't know what's going to happen. And with so, Philly, we don't know what's going to happen. Like if Ben mm-hmm. Simmons is even going to be there when the season starts, you know? Philly, yeah. Ben, Ben's going to be there. We also don't know if John Collins is going to be on the Hawks. He's going to be. He's, on he's the probably going to He come probably back. will be, but I, no as of this way, recording, he's not he's There's no way he's not yeah. going to take it's been the too money long. from the Hawks. And there's that. too many teams that have already like made moves Inquiries, to win. Yeah. That like, like the Kings aren't going to make it. Like they might make an offer, but like, do you think he's doing that to go to the Kings? Right. Like, no, he's doing it so Atlanta pays him. <laughs> so, like, we'll see. With the Heat, again, I'm glad they decided one thing or the other, right? Like, if you were going to tank, you should have just traded your old guys, and that's it. But if you're going for it, you make a move like this. It makes sense. It's what you can do. It's just, again, me being the long-term person, it's concerning. All right, fair enough. Uh, so, we, got, we covered the eastern conference representative from the 2020 finals now we'll move on to the western <laughs> conference rep from the and the 2020 champions uh la lakers they had a very interesting past really 12 to 15 ish hours they made a lot of signings today um we covered russ in our last podcast so if you guys want to go ahead and check that out i had a whole rant um <laughs> but just to really quickly cover their signings so they they uh, we're able to acquire Russ for forty million, or sorry, uh, in in a trade. He's making forty million uh, this year, uh, above forty million this year. Has one year left. Uh, they got Dwight as a free agent. They signed Nunn, Kendrick Nunn as a free agent. Wayne Ellington, uh, Trevor Ariza. They picked up. They picked up Carmelo Anthony, and they picked up Malik Monk. Uh, as you know, as, as of, of this, now, as of uh, as eight of p.m. on a, on a Tuesday. So we'll see. 
Um, they can't have that many spots left, though. Yeah, right? that, I would imagine I'm, they're all but locked I'm up. I'm checking online just to make sure. Yeah, that yeah. Re- refreshing else. Woj and Shams real quickly. Woj and Shams, uh, you know, dominance is uh, the, that that uh, rivalry is fun to watch. But um, friends of the pod, friends of the pod for sure. Come sure. on anytime. <laughs> uh, but so, how do you feel? I'll start with you, Easy, about the Lakers' acquisitions of the past, you know, 24 hours. I mean, after watching them in the playoffs last year, my number one, my opinion, the number one issue they had was shooting. They couldn't hit the rim to save their life. Um, so, I mean, I like the signings that they're doing. I mean, you get Wayne Ellington, who's primarily a shooter, who comes off screen. So, cool, you got some shooting. You got Ariza, which we just completely wrecked 10 minutes ago. But, like, hey, 3 and D, maybe he bounces back. Um, who knows? I don't know. Um, Carmelo, who's not the greatest defender in the world, but he's he's become more of a guy who's invested in defense than ever in his career, and he's still a great shooter. He's shooting 40% as of last year and keeps improving that three-point percentage. So he can shoot. Uh, Malik Monk, which I'm, I'm 50-50 with after looking a little bit more into it. He's, high, he's regarded as a shooter, but I don't know how good of a shooter he is like he is because he was playing in Charlotte. And showing what he was able to do with LaMelo and that offense, he looked good. But the other three years, he didn't look good. So, like, we'll see about Monk. Um, Kendrick Nunn was a good signing as a backup point guard. I have no issue with that one, honestly. That traitor. Yeah, and then, you know, they they had no centers that could actually play defense last year. Right. So, adding Dwight to the paint, you know, we, we laugh about him all the time, but... I mean, as a rebounder and as a paint presence, you can't deny the fact that he hustles for rebounds, he hustles on defense, and, you know, you need you need a guy like that, and they didn't have that. So yeah. did they address their defensive issues? Absolutely not. Um, but it, it's, it's attributed to the fact that they think that AD will be healthy and he can control some of the paint issues that they were having last year, and then you're hoping that, you know, the team gels in a way that the defense will grow throughout the season and into the playoffs, hopefully, so... We can't say that we know what the Lakers' defense is going to look like. There's years where you can have a team that is projected to be horrendous on defense. They end up getting a coach that's good, and then they end up being a really good defensive team. You could even say that about the Rockets when they had James Harden and uh, Russ and even Chris Paul. I mean, Chris Paul's a great defender, but in no stretch of the imagination do you expect the number one offense to also have a great defense. So what what do you think was their biggest need going into the offseason? Shooting. Shooting. Shooting, 100%. I refuse to have to ever see KCP, Kyle Kuzma, mm-hmm. shoot a basketball from the three ever again for a championship team. Yeah, and I, you know, back to my Russell Westbrook rant, that was also my biggest uh, concern was shooting. And I felt like they definitely addressed that with this free agent signing. But I, I think, Benny, you had a different take on, on their biggest needs and whether or not they were able to address those with these signings. So why don't you give your takes on, on that? For, for me, the biggest need for the Lakers, they need a shooting. But, and they, they, they needed it badly. But I think they needed defense just as much, if not more. And it's weird because the Lakers in the regular season were a very good defensive team. Their defensive unit was statistically good. But when they played Phoenix in the playoffs, after they went up 2-1 up, and even in those three games, they, they won game three by a lot. I remember that one. But games one and two were battles. And then the rest of the games, four through six... They couldn't do it. They couldn't stop Phoenix at all. And Phoenix barely even had Chris Paul because Chris Paul was hurt for that entire series. And the thing that the thing for me was definitely they needed defense. And it's good that they got shooting, but I think they went 
too far in that direction and they ignored defense to me completely i don't think dwight howard is useful even defensively anymore like he can get a rebound i guess but he's not useful defensively at all. Well, he you, was you awful. Just you a look. So let, let's go player by player because yeah. I, I think you two have very different opinions on the level yeah. that each player can contribute at. So you say you're you're saying Dwight's not Dwight's awful. Yeah. He's not a factor at all. Nope, he is not. Yeah, is we, that based on last did, year in Philly? Did we watch last, last year in Philly years? and the first time that he was on the or the second or third time? However many times he's been second on the Lakers time, at this no, point. Third time. Second <laughs> time he's been on the time, Lakers. Yeah. Or he got played out after he got. He couldn't play in the playoffs. For I the agree. I, th- I I thought Bam absolutely abused White in in those. And, but those just even lines. before that, so yeah. the the way that run for the Lakers win was, the first couple games they would play Dwight Howard. When he gets out, when he gets played out of the series, there was just Frank Vogel had no other option but to take him out for the rest of the series. Mm-hmm. He sh- the guy's a liability. Maybe in the regular season he'll be fine. I don't watch Dwight Howard in the regular season, but in the yeah, playoffs, I think regular season Dwight is, is in fine. the playoffs for Philly. He was awful last year. Joel Embiid did not have a proper backup. If Joel Embiid didn't play forty eight minutes, the they, they would have to struggle. Easy. Well, I mean, when you're comparing Dwight Howard to Joel Embiid, no, 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 just as any like, serviceable, like just to give Joel Embiid a break, like it didn't exist. Kind of right. like I'm not saying that Dwight Howard's going to be a world beater in the playoffs by any stretch of the imagination. No, but at least be useful, right? And he gets rebounds, which is something that he was able to do when he was playing against the Heat in the finals. The few times he played, we could not grab a rebound to save our lives, and we still can't grab I, a I rebound. So why the, why did they stop playing him after the, the game defensive two? liability was because was he strong. can't go out to the perimeter. Yeah, on defense, but and even on inside that, on the pick and roll, he can't do anything. He just stands still, like he's like a rock. Okay, but you do what he does that the Heat don't do: grab rebounds. And the Heat played him out of the out of the Lakers, court in this in this Lakers lineup, besides AD and LeBron. No, they're going to need him because they, 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 they don't have anyone else of that size. And that kind of goes to what I'm saying. P.J. Tucker would have been a good, a very good acquisition for them. Okay. Even if, at his rebound and his, I, at his height against I'm, Dwight Howard, I'm taking P.J. Tucker. If I'm picking between paying P.J. Tucker and going to the next guy, Kendrick Nunn, I'm taking Kendrick Nunn. Well, that's two, di- that's, two different, that's two different things. But that's that what the Lakers had to pay their money well, that's, for. Yeah, that's but the, the Lakers... Okay, value, so that, yeah. that's exactly what I'm saying. Like, they went all in on one direction where that's fine. They can choose P.J. Tucker over Kendrick Nunn in this scenario because they already had guys like Malik Monk, Carmelo Anthony, guys that guys that need the ball and they shoot Wayne Ellington. I think it's gonna actually going to be a good fit for them. I, I thought Nunn was to just give them a little bit more depth in point guard off the bench and... I know he's not the best defensive player, especially point of attack, but I think he can guard on the perimeter. So why don't we talk about the Nunn acquisition real quick? Because I thought, first of all, it was, you know, he, he kind of got under market value going over there yeah. he, since he essentially got, uh, was it the mid-level? Yeah. Um, And two, like you're saying, it, he doesn't really fit what they needed, in my opinion. So what, how he's do you better feel than about, Monk. Yeah. So it's like if they would have, like they can get Nunn, but then if the thing is, I don't know who's available off the top of my head, so I can't tell you like, oh, who, what guard should they have gotten? But mm. there's not a lot of guys they could have gotten at that point, at least in terms of like, if you get none Just, with the money that you're paying, if they wanted to, if they wanted to get none and they still got a guard, let's say aside from Monk that just shoots threes, like, well, that's what Monk does. I would have understood it more if it was a Wayne Ellington type of player that just spots up and takes the threes or comes off screens. Malik Monk doesn't do that. He, he plays with the ball just like Kendrick Nunn. So you see what I'm trying to say is like they got like the same player. I think we also are perceiving Monk the Charlotte Hornets player instead of what his role would be here. Yeah, he'd be a shooter here. 
Yeah, yeah like but he's, he's also gonna, used to starting and playing like he never twenty starts. something. Never okay, starts. fine, but playing big minutes and especially in closing lineups for the Hornets, he was in. Yeah, but if you're going to Lakers, I don't think you, you expect that. Like, he he would play. Like, he would not play a lot. Devonte Graham wasn't playing that much at the end. Devonte Graham was still getting more minutes than Malik Monk. <laughs> I, I just think well, on I think, the Lakers specifically, I don't think he doesn't go there expecting to play a big minutes. I'm you almost know? positive Malik Monk in his four year career has started one game. <laughs> I'm almost positive. I want to check that just to make sure. Well, that's fair. But either yeah. way, he's used to getting big minutes is my point. And then like, they right. added Kendrick Nunn who plays like him. They added Russell Westbrook who's going to take up a lot of minutes. Yeah. So They're competing I, for that second spot. I wouldn't say that Malik Monk has ever played big minutes. The most he's ever played in a season. I'm not trying to like go against your opinion, No, no, no. That's fine. But 21 minutes is the most he's ever averaged in a season. Okay. I mean, And he had fine. less minutes last year than he did the year yeah. before. Yeah. Which he should because he doesn't do anything else. I mean, I agree with that. That yeah. that I agree with. Yeah, he he's there to be a shot uh, maker, basically for them uh, off the bench. But I that's what imagine. Kendrick Nunn is supposed to be yeah. too. Yeah, I would say so. But I'm fine with that because, in the sense that, like, the regular season is so important to actually have guys that can take you to the playoffs and like give you the seed that you need. Don't you think they're gonna make the playoffs anyway? They just got Russell. You know, they, they would, but I, they, I think they want to rest. I think they want. Yeah, yeah, fair. I think they want to help rest their new big three of russ ad uh, needs AD to not play LeBron. the regular season like at all that guy yeah, they need to shelter him he, they need wrap to wrap him up it, in bubble wrap yeah because yeah. he's just destined to get injured with something at and some all they point. have to show for it is dwight howard right right but what, they got these guards in ariza who sucks and carmelo anthony i won't take carmelo anthony disrespect i didn't i just <laughs> that's what they got well let's, you, let's you talk mellow let's put talk him mellow. on the well, the level with ariza there you said ariza they're both and forwards <laughs> they're both forwards suck quoting <laughs> betty i'm not taking carmelo slander you want to slander ariza go go for it Please. well let's let's do mellow because i feel like ariza you know so we all agree on ariza he's not i think ariza's not what he used to be but can still contribute to this team i still think you can play defense and yeah. i think with the heat it was a little weirder there were a lot of forwards that just played defense there. It's yeah, the I feel like he never got guys. used to to playing with with the Heat yeah. players, and he he kind of came in what mid season and just never yeah. figured it out. But um, but Melo's an interesting, really interesting acquisition. Two thousand three draft mate of LeBron's. Um, so they finally end up together here. Melo's kind of had an interesting journey. Uh, kind of revitalized his career on the Trailblazers. Uh, at least looked good shooting the ball. Um. But how how do we feel about his fit on the team, especially, I guess, we know what he can do offensively, but what about on the defensive end? I'm not saying he's a good yeah. defender, but, like, I've seen him play in the playoff games and, like, the games that he plays in, like, key moments, and he's engaged. He's making plays. Like, he's not going to be the guy who He's smart. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's been here for, like, 17, 18 years. He's a guy that's aware of the situation, and... He's not going to be the reason you lose a game at the end because of defense. Yeah, I think he's motivated and will go after rebounds. You know, that's there's one thing we know about Melo is that he likes to get his rebounds. So he's a fine uh, Markeith Morris replacement, I guess. Yeah, Keith didn't even I play. Agree with that. I think Melo will play. Keith wasn't even playing at the end of the you season. You think so? Yeah, I think Keith was like just a like he was on the bench, but he wasn't anything. Melo's going to play. Melo's not coming here to not play. You get what I'm saying? Like I think also you can move Melo. You can at stretches depending on the matchup. You can put him at the four, have AD at the five, and have like a good small ball lineup that stretches the floor and allows Russ and LeBron to cook. I think you're right in that sense. I think at the end of games they're gonna go AD at center, and then they're gonna have to pick one of these guys that they got from the yeah bench. Ariza. Or, but that's just another yeah. concern that I had with with the decisions they made is that 
It's another ball handler to add the writing to the mix. But Carmelo Anthony's catch and shoot, too. Yeah, I think Melo at this point in his career is catch and shoot. With Portland Trailblazers, now that Dame had to have the ball the entire time. And CJ he, he, he definitely proved his worth more as that, as a catch and shoot player yeah. in Portland. I, in fact, I think that's all he was in the corner. <laughs> like, if I'm picking between... He's still like, he still liked to post up, but... Right, but that's when Dame and... that, For example, that's when Dame and CJ weren't playing. Yeah. He would do the offensive creating when they weren't playing. And he didn't play well with Russ when they were in Oklahoma City. Right. No, but he was still trying to be the man. Yeah. yeah. The role was different. And he didn't understand in the Thunder what his role was. And I don't even think the Thunder understood where to How put to him. How to use him. Yeah. He, right. was, he was going through like a midlife Houston crisis. had trouble using him too because <laughs> well, he didn't fit with... Uh, Houston, it, that's not Carmelo's fault. That's Houston's that fault. That is Houston's fault. Houston yeah. had no idea what they were doing. And exactly. they also blamed him for their like season. Yeah. At that point in his career, if he had played like the trail like the Trailblazers mellow... Then that would have been a great fit. Right. But Houston yeah. also wanted him to come off the bench, and he got he got he was mad. Yeah, yeah. Right. But I also still, I think that's yeah. a lot of like a lot of talk from the Rockets, and that's not really the case. That 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 year of he said Mello, that. I'm saying that year of Melo in the Rockets was so toxic that it wasn't I, even a year, right? It was like yeah, they got no, him out of there. I'm saying quick. like that year yeah, yeah, in general, yeah. even when he left, that yeah, team yeah. did not resolve anything by releasing Melo. In fact, they didn't do anything. They like that wasn't the issue at all. So the whole thing about like Melo didn't understand his role, that was the case in the Thunder, in my opinion, that like he didn't understand it because you have Russell Westbrook and Paul, I think it was Paul George at the time. Yeah. So like those two guys, that doesn't fit with Melo. Those are two different type of players. But when you have like James Harden and Chris Paul, you're telling me, Mike D'Antoni, you can't figure out the offense and let Melo know this is your role. If you're Daryl Morey, you're going to put the blame within 15 games on Carmelo Anthony. That's giving up on your player. That's giving up on your asset that you apparently acquired. To me, that's they didn't even trade him; they released him. So, like to me, that's more on the Rockets, especially after seeing what happened by the end of the year and how that team was kind of toxic. I definitely blame the team more than Melo. But in the case of the Lakers with Melo, I think it's a good pick. You know, um, I think he's going to get more minutes than Ariza, in my opinion. I don't think Ariza will be part of that late. He's game a lineup. solid rebounder as well. Right. I don't think Ariza is going to be in the late game lineups in the playoffs. In the maybe the regular season. I don't think he's going to play in the playoffs. Who? Ariza. I think he will, only because who else is the defensive? <laughs> they just the have team? a they have a thin which bench. is which is a problem yeah. that I have with them. Right, but I, yeah. I again, but this is where we keep going back and forth. Let's say they added PJ Tucker instead of Kendrick Nunn. That's fine. Would you still feel comfortable? No, no, no. That's better. That's that's right, way better. That's better. But do you still feel good about your defense? With PJ Tucker instead of none, like with this roster, with yeah, because PJ Tucker is a better defender. So you you're saying that the addition of PJ Tucker over none? What I'm not debating like whether or not you. No, yeah, one yeah, or the other. yeah. I'm saying as the team with the framework of that, you're feeling good with the Lakers just by adding PJ Tucker. Are you feeling good about them right now? Is that what you're saying? I mean, I'm feeling pretty. I'm good feeling pretty good about <laughs> exactly. Lakers. So if they add right, but I'm not feeling ecstatic with PJ Tucker right afterward. That's my thing. Like I don't think adding PJ Tucker makes you this defensive juggernaut. That you're kind of perceiving them to be. I think they'd act, they'd be good defensively with PJ Tucker. But I don't I think, think they're going to be good defensively this year. Right, but I still think they're going to be good defensively this year, even without. PJ yeah, Tucker. so that's where we disagree then. So you you're on the camp that they went too far into shooting, and you think they're probably and ball handling, which yeah, wasn't even the, a and, and they're you. I, I guess if we have to predict, they're not gonna in your mind, they're not gonna be a top ten defensive team this year. Even though they were the last two seasons, I don't I don't think they will this year. No, easy. I think they're gonna fall off a bit. Yeah. At least on that on that side, they're going to be better this year than last year. And if last year's team was a defensive team, I don't want that team. That is, they were they were a defensive team, right? But that's what I'm saying. If they were a defensive team last year and they got seventh seed with the injuries and they couldn't even put a fight against the Suns, I want this team because I need to try something different 
clearly because what I did last year did not work. And it, the shooting was awful last year. Awful. Yeah, I, I, I am not shooting KCP and Kuzma ever again. I would tend to agree. I also like the addition of Ellington just to have another shooter off the bench. I, you know, like I said, my main concern was shooting. I think they did a good job of addressing that. I think defense isn't wasn't totally ignored, uh, given that they got Dwight and you know they AD and LeBron are still good defenders. I think none isn't going to hurt you, and I think Ariza and Melo could and not they're gonna they're not gonna be plus defenders but i think they try Ellington's definitely getting the closing yeah. lineup minutes i don't think Ellington's, no i don't think Ellington's gonna i don't think why Ellington, not listen I don't who are they okay so what's their starting lineup for you guys i'm not saying for i'm saying for playoffs yeah for the playoffs like yeah, who, the who are they playing like who, who are they gonna are they, close with they, okay fine yeah, yeah who they, sorry right, not starting lineup who are they gonna close yeah. with like they could start with Ellington, but no no, no who are they gonna close with who are they gonna if close they close with? with it's gonna be russ he has to be in right right they're okay we have lebron russ and ad, and AD. Who, who i think i think you put uh mellow i think you have you a shooter yeah i think you have mellow as a stretch forward you do need a shooter and i think i i would probably rather have none or monk out there i think they're gonna go i think they're gonna go with a reason though i think they're gonna go big I think they're gonna go. Ariza. So instead of he says Melo, you say Ariza instead. I'm saying that. What about the, the second guy? No, no, he's saying Ariza and Melo. I'm saying close. Oh, both of them. I have yeah. a feeling they're gonna do that if no. they see that none isn't playing defensively like well. Because I doubt that they're gonna put Westbrook on a shooting guard instead of the guy who's point guard and trust none to cover a point guard. So LeBron is de facto a point guard. I again. think LeBron is de facto a point yeah. guard, but I think for a closing lineup defensively, they want as much like length as possible in the perimeter. To compensate for like that one guy who can't play defense, and that's a, I think that's a good lineup. You have a reason there with Melo, AD, LeBron, and Russ. I, I think if you you're can, spacing it out yeah. for Westbrook to cut into the paint, yeah. Ariza, you guys you value think, Ariza way too much. I'm not much. saying he's gonna be good, but I'm saying defensively, he's better than Monk. Yeah. He's better than and none. You, you have to put a hand up when he's shooting the ball. I guess he's not gonna hit at a high clip, but he he's somebody you have to at least respect on the perimeter. And I'm not and if you think that Ellington would be in the closing lineup. I have some news for you. Wes Matthews was good on defense, and he could shoot the three, and they still didn't put him in the lineup at the end of games. That's their fault. Right, but I still, for that reason, I don't think they're going to go with the guy. For who a team that needed shooting, if anything, that's an indictment on Frank Vogel. Okay, but again, I'm saying based on the track record, I'm agreeing with you. Yeah. But the, based on track record, if they didn't put the guy that could play defense and offense at the end of games, why are they going to only put Wayne Ellington for the offense at the end of games? Well, Wayne Ellington is a much better shooter than Wes Matthews is, and they don't they need they don't have another player like Wayne Ellington on the roster. So if they need a run. I'm not throwing in Trevor Ariza. I'm going to throw in Wayne Ellington. Right, but if you're a defensive lineup, which is what teams will do at the end of games, if it's close, they won't usually go fully offense. Not exactly. I just think the the Lakers would value having length on the court. If we're already saying that Carmelo Anthony is a good defender, which is what you guys were we're saying. saying He's he's not going to hurt you. Is he an average defender? Is he an average defender? Yeah, I'll say he's like average. We have Anthony Davis, who's a great defender. LeBron, when he wants to, is a great defender. Mm -hmm. Russ is okay. Yeah. We We need a fifth one? I would... Probably say so. If you're in the playoffs towards the end, yeah. Okay. It's massive dependent. I would say it's massive dependent. But yeah. I, I think I think they have uh, I think they have versatility in that because you're right. They could go with Ellington off the bench, or they could use Ariza I just, or, or Monk. I'm, no one's saying that they can't. Yeah, they could. They have options. I they just have don't see Vogel yeah. going to Ellington if he didn't go to guards who can shoot threes and play defense at the end of a game. If he didn't do that, he's not going to go with Ellington. He's going to go with whoever works best defensively with the lineup at the end of games because that's what they need to do at the end of playoff games to win because they're going to give the ball to LeBron. They're going to give the ball to AD. And if they have to at the end of the playoff game, they're going to give it to Russ. <laughs> so that's my that's my reasoning. And then Melo is that guy that does the bailout three in the corner. 
aka PJ Tucker, except much better at shooting, but not good defensively. Um, and then the fifth guy, it's going to be dependent on who they're playing, but I don't think it's Ellington just because they didn't even do that with Wes Matthews until super randomly in the series when things weren't working. That's yeah, the only time out of did. desperation. So where do where do you guys have uh, the Lakers in the Western Conference pecking order, Benny? This is considering that they're healthy, right? Yeah, healthy, of yeah. course. Okay. Yeah, yeah. okay. Probably like fourth. Fourth, okay. So you have, who do you have in front of them? Denver, the Clippers, the Suns, and the Jazz. Denver. So I guess like fifth, really. So yeah, oh, yeah, I'm fifth. So you have Denver and the Jazz in front of them, along yeah. with the Clippers and the Suns. Suns. Yeah. Okay, easy. Have them third, fourth, probably. Mm. Who do you have in front of them? I don't even know, dude. <laughs> I don't yeah, know. Yeah, no, I just spot, spot it's just, at the moment. The West yeah. is so out there. Yeah. It's... I, it really just depends on the, how the Nuggets start, honestly, because if Jamal Murray doesn't come back in the beginning of the season, I don't know how well that team starts off. Like, they're good. They have continuity. But eventually, there's always a thing with teams that keep winning and never make the finals. There's a drop-off that happens eventually. I don't think the Jazz have hit that drop-off yet. I don't think the Suns are as good as a two-seed again. I, I don't yeah know. yeah that's fair I mean yeah. I don't know I maybe maybe they get better who knows it depends on Chris Paul I guess it, it depends on Chris Paul it also depends on the development of the guys that they already have that are young yeah like if they continue to develop then yeah sure they could be a second seed and this speaks to how stacked the the West is because I I would agree with you I'd probably have them three or four right in that three or four spot I definitely have uh, Denver in front of them if they're healthy um and I'd have I'd have the Jazz in front of them. Suns, they're it's really close, but I think I think the, I'd give them the, the edge over the Suns. So, yeah, and I think the the thing that we have to take into account here is that also with the Clippers, I'm assuming Kawhi comes back. No, he can't. He, he tore the ACL. He, he's not coming back this year. Oh, he's not playing for the season. Most likely, I, he, I, he's mo- not playing regular. At season. least not until towards the end of the season. Probably, oh, okay. Probably yeah. until after All Star break. Yeah. Okay. Then I'd obviously best, I'd have them. Because I'm having way worse. I'd have them fourth. I'd probably have them fourth. Yeah. Lakers. Lakers ahead. Well, the, the, it's it's close. It's close with those three teams, right? Suns, Clippers, and Lakers. They're all kind of. Nah, no, they don't have Kawhi. I think the Lakers are better. My thing. Well, uh, yeah, yeah, right. Uh, health, you know, health aside, it, 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 I think it's. And again, we know, say so the close. seedings, but like, what really matters is the yeah. matchup in the playoffs. Because like, if you told me, yeah, exactly. if I'm going to take Jazz, Lakers, and seven, I'm taking the Lakers if they're healthy. Like, why am I even going to trust Rudy Gobert in the perimeter? If I'm running eighty at the five, I would too. I'm cooking the Jazz every time. If I'm the Lakers going against the Suns, even. You played them already in a series. You know what their offense is. It's not going to change in a year. Your team definitely changed in a year. Maybe you do something different that they're not ready for. AD is definitely that different something. That role that they do with Aiden's not going to work with AD on the court. So we'll see, you know, but it'll be interesting. I mean, the two teams that want to contend for the finals did what they needed to do, which was get guys. Yeah. Get guys for the needs that you consider to be your biggest needs. And they did that. It's just, again... In the Lakers' case, it's whenever LeBron retires. And then in the Heat's case, it's whenever they believe their window's closed. Which for the Heat may be never. But, you know, <laughs> uh, we'll see. The Heat just have a perpetual window. There's always a chance for Pat Riley. Exactly, yeah. Except He'll be watching year. from heaven. Is that what you said? Yeah, yeah, that's right. He'll be watching from heaven just still making, making moves. Making dealing. moves. If only they believed in Catching that whale. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so, you know, we covered the big two teams, I guess, that made the most moves. But there's still other teams to talk about. So... Uh, we can go to Chicago. You guys want to go to Chicago? Yeah, we can talk Chicago for a bit. Yeah, because they had a really interesting offseason as well. So they got DeRozan, 
uh, in a sign and trade where they sent Thaddeus Young and, and a couple picks. A couple I think. Picks. And I think a protected 2022, which will probably end up being like a it could go up to 2025 in protection. So more than likely they will end up getting a Bulls first round okay. at some point. So, you know, good pickup, I would say. They got Lonzo as a, you know, he was an unrestricted free agent, but the Pelicans didn't want to keep him. So yeah, they got him for, what, four years, 84? Four years, 84. And uh, Caruso, they also picked up. So, four year 39, I think. So pretty interesting moves for Chicago. Does this put them uh, in contention in the East? No, but no. for the playoffs, for sure. Yeah, like, they have to make the playoffs or Billy yeah. Donovan will not have a job. <laughs> I don't know how you don't make playoffs with the starting lineup of Lonzo, Levine, DeRozan, Boose. <laughs> Boose. And having a, like in, on your bench a guy like Caruso, who Benny is a big fan of, from what I hear, <laughs> defensively. Just that um, they should have. The Lakers would have done well with him. <laughs> Was it surprising to you that DeRozan, I, I guess he wanted to go to Chicago, um, given that he kind of had the power there for the sign and trade to happen so was it surprising that to you that he wanted to go to chicago because i thought he'd want to go to one of the bigger contenders here or a, a, a large market like new york no i don't think so i don't think yeah. it's i mean chicago's a big market no they are yeah like that's a top five but do, market. Do, you, do you feel like you know they had I mean, the money and in his mind i guess he thinks they can contend but they I had the money and they have a, a good team now right yeah and yeah. i mean like when you're looking at the other things like for example if you're looking at De, if you're DeRozan, you're looking at the heat there's so many guys there that like if you're trying to be like one of these star players you're gonna have to adjust a lot i don't think you'll have to adjust his role very much with the chicago bulls yeah like you would for like the lakers or for he can still be a top player on a right on a team that i guess in his mind thinks that maybe in a couple years they can contend and you know we say that chicago is not going to be a threat but if they just get a good seating you know if they play philly in the first round Mm -hmm. booths and bead and Beat's not gonna have the easiest time in the world with. I, I could see them be, be beating Atlanta or something. They could be a dark horse, just yeah. like the Heat were a couple years ago, and just like the the I Hawks mean, were. I would want to know what their bench looks like though, because yeah, yeah, I'm trying to think of their roster at the moment. They still have Kobe White, but I don't see how he stays there now with Lonzo there. I don't know how long that lasts. Markkinen's gonna get signed and trade, so it'll be interesting to see what that ends up being. Unless they keep him, which then it would just be really weird lineup of Vuce and Markkinen yeah. as starters. I don't know if I like It didn't that. work last year, so I don't think it, it didn't work last year. Right. Yeah. So I don't know how that would work I, out. They, I think they have a, another move to make. I think they have to. Yeah, I think yeah, I think to. Laurie's at, Markkinen is out and maybe a, a couple other guys. Yeah. So I, I'm excited to see what Chicago does. I think they're an exciting team. And you you and I, I think all three of us like Lonzo. So. Shit, it'll help. Yeah. It'll help Levine. It should help Levine. Yeah. <laughs> it should help Levine for so, sure. Chicago's a team to keep an eye on. Uh, the Knicks out in the East also had an <laughs> interesting offseason. You two were going at it earlier, so I'll, I'll let you two go I mean, off. We of weren't that. really going at it. I feel like it was like we agree on the Fournier deal that like it's just the classic we missed on everybody, so we have to overpay for someone. Yeah, exactly. And like, <laughs> and I I don't I don't like that because I was telling like I was telling Easy and I guess you two Mike off pod like I don't understand like what direction they're going they had the most cap in the league i think they had almost 60 million dollars in cap and they end up with they re-signed the same guys that they had to in my opinion overpaid contracts they got Fournier, who's different which is fine but that's that's all their cap right there they didn't get anybody else they didn't try to get i'm not sure larry would, larry would have gone but i'm just throwing it as an example they didn't get the rose and they didn't get anybody that was gonna make it or they didn't they didn't at least like you know what no one's gonna come here we don't have a we don't have a win now team anyway let's you know, use our money wisely next season or whatever, you know, depending who's going to be available. So my thing with the Knicks, 
is that for like the last decade we've been saying let's see who the Knicks get and they don't get anybody so like if you're the Knicks what are you going to do after making playoffs for the first time and having your fan base excited for the first time are you going to let every single player walk that actually helped you get into the playoffs like it could have been that pressure for sure right like you can't just say to a playoff team that for the first time made it in like since 2013 2014 like hey we just let our best three-point shooter, Alec Burks. We just let our best center, uh, Nerlens Noel, defensively. And we just let the guy who was doing the best in the playoffs for us, Derek Rose, yeah. all leave. Oh, and guess what? We got Fournier and no one else. <laughs> like, you had to you had to resign Derek. At least in my opinion, Derek Rose is of the value that he got. I know the injury. If they just concerned. resigned Derek Rose and let the other guys walk, just like whatever. We're just I get, get the Burks one, summer. though, because he's a decent three-point shooter. And like we say, if Duncan Robinson is the market value yeah, of 18 fair. mil, yeah. Alec Burks is a 10 mil guy. That's, that's the market. That's pretty good. And that's then fair. the Noel one could be questionable. I understand that one. Um, but he defensively was a huge asset. That like the Knicks defense was a thing. Like that's a good defense, and Noel was a huge part of that before the injury in the playoffs, which is another reason why Atlanta cooked them. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, like it's not gonna help them win anytime soon at all. But if you're the Knicks, you know, it's better than making the lottery every year and picking the wrong guy. <laughs> like, because they have a history of picking the wrong guy. I mean, they they, they what they let Nidikino walk already, and like yeah. that guy was the wrong guy. They. They picked the wrong guys, so you might as well just make playoffs and hope at some point some superstar. Like you said, you need to have contracts that are able to, like Leva said earlier, you need contracts that can be tradable, and that's what the Knicks did. They have tradable contracts. Yeah, and I was going to credit the Knicks with that as well. I think um, it's tough because they're in New York, all spotlights on them. You want to see them already just build this championship team, but the reality is they just didn't have any other moves to make. So like Easy was saying, you got you to gotta resign that roster. Um, and it gives them flexibility with those contracts, and all those assets are, are really tradable. Um, so I, I like what they did. I think uh, I'll be uh, annoyed pretty early on once the Nick fans start overhyping the hell out of this team, because that's for sure going to happen again. Of course it is. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I think we can let them after making playoffs for the first time. It's yeah, but you know they're going to be get well, like a, a fifth fast. seed, a sixth seed. Hey man, you and know then what? They're going to hype it up again. I had to hear Heat fans hyping up their team after the bubble, and they ended up being a sixth seed who got bounced <laughs> in the first round. So you know what? And you know what? I'll yeah. live with another fan. I can't. Base I can't say shit like about idiots. that. <laughs> but so. uh, we'll keep going here. So. Uh, Another move that happened we didn't quite talk about. Uh, we all know where we stand on Chris Paul. Uh, he signed, re-signs three years to $120 million. Uh, It's a big contract, but I, I guess they had to do it, right? Was it three or four? I, don't, I, think, it was, I think it was 120 for four years, I want to say. 120, okay, so I misspoke. 120 for four years. Which is still like yeah. 30 million a year. I mean, if and he's the, what, 35 or something? Yeah, if you're the son. 30, 35, 36. No, I think he's 36. I, yeah, I think if, if he hasn't turned 36 yet, I think he will. So. Look, if you're the Suns, this season, you had to do it because who are you going to get other than that? And then keep the rest of the roster happy. You got me? Like, what are you going to do? Trade for Kyle Lowry now? You're going to, like, say, hey, thanks, Chris. Now we're going to get Lowry instead. Like, no, it's not going to work. Yeah, I think you have been to downgrade back. anyway if they did go for Exactly. Right. But. And they can still contend this year. Based on the finals. I mean, if we're getting Chris Paul, if we're getting a Chris Paul-level player, then the heater set. No, I agree. Right, but, <laughs> but uh, I'm just thinking from the perspective of where Chris Paul goes when it matters most. Oh. No offense. That's fair. Uh, I, I think I think they have to do it. Um, right. You know, I think he has at least another... I think he has one, maybe two years left in the tank 
to compete at that same high level. Obviously, the concern about Chris Paul's injury, so we just we just can't know until until right. he gets there. But I'm still waiting on the Suns to announce the injury that he had during the finals as like the excuse for why he didn't play. Right? Yeah, <laughs> that I think a report will come out just before the season starts, right. and then they'll they'll start playing. Right? He'll say something like, "Yeah, I wasn't really even 100 percent for those finals." So yeah, like, he'll sit I'm down with uh, Malika Andrews or with uh, yeah. Rachel Nichols. Somebody. I'm gonna add it to my book. I don't even care. My yeah. Chris Paul book. <laughs> your whole novel. Yeah. Of Chris Paul. <laughs> the epic trilogy. Um. So that you know that's pretty. Is there interesting a word move. for 16 years? Not triple. Is there, is there a word for it? <laughs> I don't even know. Pain is what Pain, it is. Basically. I'm trying <laughs> to think what other moves were there. I think those are all the big ones, at least as of this recording. Um, is there a- any other, I guess, small or little move or, or teams that sat on their hands and didn't do anything that you guys want to talk about before we wrap this up? Well, Philly added drum and then, I mean, like, is it an upgrade over Dwight? I don't know. Just because I don't think he knows his role, which means it's going to be a problem. It's probably a downgrade, honestly. I think it just depends on, like, like... I get why you need a backup center. If Drummond learns one day about his role, depending on the team that he signs with, which I think is another issue that he has, is that he doesn't know what teams to sign with. I mean, then it'll work out. But if he doesn't know his role, he's going to be bad. It's like any player that joins a team. You need to know your role, which is why I think teams like the Heat and the Lakers are always doing well when they have superstars is because the guys that they get understand their role. The Sixers don't know that, like at all. Doc hasn't made that clear at all which is why i think dwight ended up leaving after a year anyways like he saw (laughs) philly he was like this ain't it i'm gonna go back to the team that i actually want to ring with so yeah aka why he left good point um so we'll see i mean i think philly just sat in their hands a bit they waited for the ben simmons thing which if you want to run it back there's nothing wrong with running it back for a team that like almost still made it to the next round but again it's more of the same it's more of the where's the offense gonna come from why is Ben Simmons not playing in the fourth? You know, it's 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 the same thing. They should have done more. It's going to be the same story yeah. uh, next year. That we, like in the playoffs next year, we'll be talking about the same things we did with our first episode our first of pod, the pod. Yeah. It's yeah, going right. to be the same thing. Yeah, that'll I probably be our that. our one year anniversary of this pod. <laughs> yeah, honestly, yeah. <laughs> Another it, it, Ben Simmons. It's going to be a talk. hell of a interesting. Will we season. blame more Doc Rivers or Ben Simmons next year? Oh God, <laughs> I can't wait to see what happens with with Philadelphia and Ben Simmons after that. <laughs> terrible uh Sheesh. performance in the postseason and that debacle and, and the wake and if he's still alive after that first podcast that we did but um <laughs> the bucks um i don't know how much time we got left but um go for a few more yeah, yeah go for yeah. it so yeah. the bucks were able to retain a lot of what they had they got they kept bobby portis they got bobby portis, that, thank you for reminding me of that yeah. that was really surprising they, a 4.5 mil and he it's has a player option good. next year which is probably why he took less right. money but that's keeping a guy such like an Portis, and then you get George Hill instead of Teak, which like Hill's probably done. But like, anyways, I mean, they still filled the backup. Teak didn't guard. do anything anyway either. Right, that's yeah. what I'm saying. But like, as like an old veteran guy, I prefer George Hill over Jeff Teak. Probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they got Rodney Hood, which I don't know what he is yet, but he's arguably a shooter. Maybe if you turn him three the right and way. D, if you stretch it a little right, bit, if yeah. you, you know. Yeah. So like, they're they're still gonna be the Bucks. Like, they're not gonna go anywhere. So. Usually championship teams have a hard time keeping the guys that, you know, they, they won with, but they've kept most of them other than Bryn Forbes, I can think of. I don't even know if Bryn Forbes is on, on I think team he's still anymore. on their team. I don't know. Yeah. Is he? No, I, I, I believe sure. so. Even if he's not, that's like the one guy they lost and yeah. they're bringing back everybody else. Like, yeah. And they just won the final. So that's a team that could run him back if they wanted to, right? right. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, Giannis is still in his prime. Right. We should go on Dragic end up because he's not going to stay in Toronto. I think that's a good point. Will he stay in Toronto? No, he won't. I don't no? think so. I think I think Toronto wants to facilitate 
a deal. They, I think he knows where he wants to go. I mean, would it, would it be that surprising if he went to Dallas? Yeah, I was going to say. I mean, I think that Luca probably wants him, and Dallas wants to please Luca. So. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. So there's more moves to make as this offseason go along. We'll have more reaction to it. Um, and, yeah, I mean, stick with us here. Uh, I think that wraps it up for all of us. So yeah. uh, pretty interesting first day of free agency, uh, to say the least. Um, and yeah, stick with us. Uh, I'm sure there's be more news to come and we'll keep putting out content here in the off season as we go along, probably go with some new segments and new topics. Yeah. As the season yeah. starts again, we'll start doing more of our segment kind of thing. Yeah. Por gusto, you know? <laughs> yeah. We'll get, get to do to the week and some of the other <laughs> ideas that we have cooking. So stick with us, uh, follow us on Instagram at three dudes, one hoop, uh, and listen to us on Apple. You can find us on Spotify as well. And, uh, yeah, we'll catch you next time.